Hey, aloha, Ezra Tua Olo here. You're listening to Level Playing Field. Welcome back to another episode of Level Playing Field. Level Playing Field is my podcast. My name is Randy Boos, where I interview people who are LGBT and involved in sports. This week, I speak with former NFL player Esra Tua'aloa. Esra uh, spent time in the NFL in the 90s, playing between 91 and 99. We talk about his career briefly, and we talk about his inclusion party that he's having at the Super Bowl weekend in Miami. This is his third anniversary of the inclusion party, and we talk about what that is, how you can get tickets, what you can win with raffles, um, and just the fun time planned. I encourage you to go to his website at hateiswrong.org and get all the information on how to find how to attend the inclusion party if you're going to be in Miami for Super Bowl weekend. You can also find out what Hate Is Wrong is all about and what they do and who they help. Um, all these links will be in the show notes for this week's episode. And here's my interview with Esra Tuaaloa. Welcome, Esther, to my podcast. Thank you for having me. You have had a life. Looking over just the history of you, I mean, (laughs) college football, pro football, voice. I mean, it has been – Yeah, I wrote a book. You have your nonprofit (laughs) now. I mean – Executive chef, yes. Yeah. (laughs) My goodness, have you accomplished a lot. Uh, I think it's – you know, definitely it's a gift. You know, it's definitely a blessing, you know, to be able to do a lot of things. And then also, you know, just to have the support of my, you know, my mom and my you know, my family. You know, speaking of your family, what was it like for you growing up in Hawaii? Ah, uh, well, you know, I, um, obviously uh, growing up in Hawaii was, you know, such a beautiful place. And, um, you know, growing up around family and the culture is, is amazing. And, you know. So, I mean, as far as, you know, growing up and being, um, you know, being, you know, gay and stuff, it was very, you know, as I grew older, it was, it was very difficult because I do come from a culture where it's uh, very masculine and it's once we were warriors mentality. So it was, uh, it was, you know, it, it was beautiful, obviously, growing up. I'm the youngest of eight children in, in, in my family. So uh, growing up, I had a lot of brothers and sisters and stuff that, you know, I could, uh, that I could rely on. Were you always involved in sports? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've always was active, I guess, you know, um, you know, since I was a little kid, you know, surfed when we were younger and stuff like that, played volleyball and things like that. So, you know, being in, you know, on the islands, you know, you definitely are active. Uh, started, you know, high school uh, football, at my, you know, my junior year in high school. So and then from there, it just sort of kind of took off. I got a scholarship to. Uh, to Oregon State University. I actually, you know, I guess, I don't know, you know, back then, something called blue chip players. So I could have went anywhere I wanted to go. Uh, I sort of just narrowed it down to the West Coast, the Pac-10, uh, and I chose to go to Oregon State for, uh, for college. Wait, so you were only playing two years before college? Yeah, I played, uh, yeah, I started playing my junior year in, in high school. You must have been amazing. I mean, because usually college scouts are looking at 
you know, juniors, sophomores even. You know, I mean, um, now they, they are like, you know, now I think now like this, we're talking about in the 80s now. So it's like, yeah. you know, we didn't we didn't have the Internet. You know, we didn't have like the YouTube where, you know, um, kids and athletes around the country now can post all their their good plays and get the attention of, you know, coaches around the country at such a young age. Um, for us, you know, back in those days, you actually, you know, had to have that word of mouth from from other players and coaches. So it was sort of kind of it meant a little bit more, right, mm-hmm. uh, to get scouted back then uh, because it was a lot harder, right, because we didn't have the luxury of, of YouTube and, you know, Facebook and all of that, social media. Yeah, that must have been crazy. So you play for two years you go from Island Life, which is I've I've only been in Hawaii once, but Island Life is different than yeah. what you have in the continental United States. And then you go to Oregon. I yes. mean, changes in weather, changes <laughs> in um, honestly the people you're seeing around you. Right. How was that of a how much change did you actually have to to take in your first you know few weeks in college? You know I don't you know to tell you the truth I mean. Um, you know, my dad was an explorer and I, and I, you know, and I, and I think I, I kind of inherited that from him. I was an explorer. I love to go to different places and also to learn different cultures and, and environments and stuff like that. So I had no problem, uh, you know, adapting to my environment wherever I was. And, you know, I'm not sure why that was, but I really actually enjoyed it. Like going from Hawaii to California, uh, and started playing football there and, you know, and then the environment there, the people there, uh, I, I actually kind of liked it. You know, I also like being like the, the, the only sort of Polynesian in, in the group <laughs> and, you know, and, uh, so, you know, I'm not sure if that made me stand out more, but I just, you know, I just love, I love the challenge. And so, uh, when it was time for me to go to college, there were so many colleges that were sending me letters. I sort of kind of, you know, I, I narrowed it down to the PAC 10 I chose Oregon State because back then Oregon State was probably, you know, Oregon State was um, what twelve thousand students back then. It was a smaller college, but still in the Pac-10. Our school wasn't that good in football. Um, I just, you know, I went to a place where I thought I could hide because I think we're having this conversation now because I'm part of the LGBTQ right player um, uh, community and also that I, you know, a closeted gay athlete back then. So. I, you know, for me, my decision to, instead of going to UCLA or USC, one of the big colleges and going to Oregon State was because I thought I could hide there, right? It was a smaller, you know, uh, smaller college. It was, the, it was in Corvallis, Oregon, you know, tucked away in some, you know, in, in, in a small little town. And uh, so that's what, you know, that's why I chose Oregon State. So you actually chose, one of the reasons you chose that was to be able to hide still. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, you know, I have a book called Alone in the Trenches, and I sort of, you know, tell people about my life growing up in Hawaii and, you know, and all of that. And it was, you know, my my life wasn't a Moana story. It wasn't, you know, there was no happy ending. I had to write my happy ending. I had to, you know, I did a lot of things and stuff that I needed to do to sort of escape, I guess, you know, a lot of the bad things that happened to me in Hawaii. And so when I escape and I tell people I escape and I went to California and, and started playing football and that's where I bought, you know, sports came into my life. It's, it, seriously. Um, that's when I never looked back and I kept, and I kept going and moving forward. 
And uh, my parents always told me to always try things because you never knew who, what you're going to be good at. So I tried everything, right? And that's why I think I'm good at a lot of things because, you know, trying a lot of things and doing it 100% and figuring out that I was good at something really gave me sort of that power and the energy to pursue more things, right? Especially, you know, um, not having, a, you know, a, a Moana-style life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Were you able to be open to some people about being gay in college or because it is a small school you um no, you had to no, hide not at all you know um it was very difficult um back in those days it was mm -hmm. very difficult because back in those days you know a lot of things you know you know would would have happened if i would have came out i probably would have lost my scholarship me being the only you know one in my family i'm the youngest of eight going to college and back then you you know i probably would have lost my scholarship i probably would have gotten hurt um, by other players, I thought, you know, there's so many variables that, you know, would, would, would have happened if I would have came out back in those days. And I say those days because it was a lot difficult back then. Oh, yeah. I grew up, I was born in 74, grew up in the 80s, 90s. And definitely being gay in that time was just a lot different. I mean, yeah. there was no media about it. Any, any media yeah. about it was negative, not positive. Exactly. Exactly. Anytime the topic of homosexuality came up in the locker room, it was always negative. It ended up in a fight. Uh, you saw the hate, you know, you saw the discrimination of, all, you know, just, you know, of what you were as, you know, as a person. It was it was very difficult. Right. And, um, you know, and it was it was it was hard. But, you know, it's so encouraging and stuff to see, you know, how times have changed, uh, you know. It's, it's been incredible to see the change and hopefully I was a little bit of, you know, I had a little bit of part of that. Right. And, oh, I'm sure you were. And so I just sort of, you know, it's been amazing. It was, it's, it's been an amazing journey and stuff, especially, you know, you know, looking back in my life and seeing all the things that happened never in a million years did I ever think that I would be openly out gay and proud. I never in a million years would have, you know, thought about going and singing the national anthem on a Monday night football game against the Packers and the green, you know, and the Minnesota Vikings and, you know, and like people cheering me on, you know, never and then in playing million, in the game right after. Yeah. And then never in a million years that I thought that, you know, would, you know, have all the things that we have now, which is so amazing. Never in a million years that I ever think that I was going to be a father, right? Never in a million years that I ever thought that, you know, you know, my son would introduce me to I mean, my son's not gay, but he introduced me to another football player in his grade that's gay and their and his parents be OK with that. It was it's things have changed. And, you know, it's been it's been amazing just to see the changes. What were some of the hardest struggles for you as a football player? Um, not being able to um, share my success. Mm -hmm. So. Like anybody else that would know, you know, as you get into the, you know, the top of your profession, you know, all the hard work that you've done, all the sacrifices that you've done to get there, you know, and not being able to share it with somebody. That was probably the hurtful thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm 6'4", 300 pounds, you know, Samoan, and we can fight, and we're tough. So I wasn't worried about getting hurt or anything like that. I was just very depressed and sad because I couldn't share that life with anyone back in those days. And I know a lot of people, no, a lot of the kids now, they don't understand that, right? They don't, they don't, they can't understand, you know, now from back then, right? Now it's like, well, why didn't you just come out? Oh, great. 
you know that's <laughs> awesome that you can do that but back then it wasn't we didn't have the support we didn't have the that you know that you guys all have that we didn't have all the athletes that have come out and made it strong for us we didn't have all the leaders that you know came before us to pave the way you know so it's it was you know it's great you know to to live now and and and, and see all the changes you know you know especially for our younger generation it's amazing you, you played uh pro football for what nine years yeah, Roughly. nine years. Yes. <laughs> did you did you notice changes in attitude in that nine year span at all? Um, no. and and just <laughs> in case people don't know, it's ninety one to ninety nine. Yeah, ninety one to ninety nine. No, you know it was like I said. Um, let me just give you an example. Um, the locker room with all the guys and stuff. This was after a practice, and you know, um, somebody on the other side of the gym started a, you know, a, a comment about Troy Aikman being gay and then people started running with it and people started saying faggot and calling each other, well, you must be a faggot because you, you know, a, you know, gay because you didn't, you know, you didn't come to the strip clubs or you don't have a girlfriend. And as they're coming down towards my end of the locker room, I was sweating and I was like, I just didn't know what to do. So someone called John Randall, you know, one of the all pros, you know, legends, mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, a fag and this huge fight broke out right right in front of me oh, and wow. so what i saw was i saw the hate right i saw all of that i saw how you know they were joking about it and yes i, I would i have i mean should i have come out you know or said something but it was like there was no support back then like mm -hmm. none at all right you hear your best friends talk about you know faggots you hear all of that you know you hear people in the locker rooms, the coaches making jokes and stuff. There was no support, right? Call me a coward. Well, I'm sorry, right? It's just what, you know, there was a lot for me to lose back then, right? I was the youngest of eight, helping my parents, you know, helping my family and stuff like that, knowing that you could lose everything by somebody starting a rumor about you, right? Oh, it's, yeah. It, it was very difficult back then, right? So, I you know, and I had people you know, challenge me and talk to, tell me, you know, all of these things, a lot of some, even some athletes and stuff, you know, they'll talk down on me and stuff. And you know why, you know, that I wasn't, that I was a coward and I didn't come out earlier and stuff like that. But look, I'm sorry. There was different times, right? You know, fast forward. If I could come out now, if I was playing now, absolutely. I would come out. Right. I would be proud and stuff to come out. Knowing what I know now and stuff. Absolutely. But don't challenge me and stuff because, you know, I, I have to, like, do something to survive and to, you know, to make things work. Right? Oh, yeah. And even yeah. going back five years, I mean, there's a huge right. difference in just that five-year span. So for exactly. you in the 90s, there's no exactly. way it would have been acceptable. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, and it's like this, right? When you start hating on each other and stuff for no reason, that's, you know, they've won. <laughs> you know, and so, I don't know. It's just... It's, you know, it's, I know who I am, right? I'm a Saratua Olo, right? I played nine years in the NFL. And those nine years, I played 111 games. I started 47 of those games, right? Right. I have, you know, 111 tackles for, I mean, I have my stats, right? You can mm -hmm. see them. So don't come at me telling me that I'm a coward and stuff, that I didn't do anything, right, in the NFL. I wasn't oh, yeah. a bench warmer. I'm sorry. I was not a bench warmer. 
But when you see all these guys and stuff, you know, that they come after you and for so no reason at all, it's like, what? you know. Do you still but, see people come after you for that? No, there's a few that people, you know, I, there's all those haters out there and stuff that come, right? And I support everyone that comes out. I love everyone that comes out, right? Every, it's just, it's better for our community. Every single time somebody comes out of the closet, it strengthens our community, especially some, you know, in the professional sports, it strengthens our, your, our young athletes. It gives them hope and it gives them that courage and strength to carry on and want to be an NFL player or an NBL player or, 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 you know, professional basketball, uh, MLB player. I mean, you know, so it's, it's amazing when athletes come out, right? So, you going back to that Troy Aikman rumor, as an a player at that point who was gay, hearing mm -hmm. this rumor come out, obviously you didn't know if it was true, and yeah. he has since denied it. Um, but was there a, any hope you felt by that rumor? Just maybe oh there's someone else in the field that is the same. Oh my gosh! You know, it's not. It was, you know, when you're dealing with fear, hurt anxiety right and pain and all of that right you don't have any room or anything to like you know you know I, the thoughts of you know someone because you're just sort of trying to protect yourself you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah i mean rumors come out of stuff of course but people have to realize that and that's why you know we need to change the, the atmosphere in the locker rooms because I mean, that's that's exactly right but it's hard to change the atmosphere of the locker rooms when people you know, their perception of the locker room is this bathhouse, right? It's definitely not. It's a work professional environment. It's like somebody going to work, right? As for me and stuff, and for a lot of the athletes that I know, the NFL players that I know that are in the league and that have played in the league, you know, we, people need to realize it was a job for us and we did our job, right? Um, and so it's one of those things where I, it was, it's very difficult. We have to find a way right, to sort of create this environment in the locker rooms, in the professional sports locker room, like the everyday gym people go to, right, because no one, everybody goes to the gym, everybody knows this person gay, but they don't give a crap and stuff of who, you know, who they're showering right next to, right, um, it's not brought up or anything like that, so one of those things, we need to sort of try to figure something out, because meeting with Roger Goodell, you know, with uh, Ryan O'Callaghan and stuff, you know, um, the NFL is doing, a, you know, a great job as far as getting, you know, um, uh, the, uh, getting out programs and stuff for, you know, for, um, for the communities and stuff to sort of like learn more about the LGBTQ community, right? So, but what we need to do and stuff is we need to try to create a safe environment uh, for, for these athletes that are in the league and stuff, knowing that they will be protected and that they will be supported by their teams, by the league and all of that. We don't have that right now, right? And so that's what we need to look forward to. You know, we need to try to work something to. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm glad like guys like Ryan O'Callaghan has come, Jeff Rohrer has, you know, come out. Uh, we have allsports.com that are Sid and, you know, doing a fantastic job telling people's stories, right? The more that we can do that, I think, the more we can educate people, the more it's going to just turn into something that's um, non-existence. We are going to take a short break. We will be back right after this. And we are back. What do you think could help the current players the most, though? You have an experience of being one in the past. Right. What do you think needs to happen in the locker room? Is it... Uh 
an organizational thing? Is it a players association um, thing? Well, I think, you know, there's a combination of a lot of things, right? We need to sort of have players, you know, uh, you know, you, you, I've been speaking for the last 15 years, going around the country, you know, speaking about homophobia, diversity, inclusion and stuff, going to, you know, athletic, you know, departments and going to colleges and stuff like that. Back then, when I started, I asked somebody, okay, how many of you know a gay person? Probably 30% of the people rose their hand, right? Now, you, you, you ask that question now, like 100% of the people raise their hand because everybody knows a gay person. Mm-hmm. What we need is stuff. We need some of these players and stuff to step up and speak up and be allies, great allies, right? We need to create an atmosphere. We need to create a platform for so people can, um, so people can you know, feel proud of themselves. So that's why I created Hate Is Wrong, right? Um, it's my organization, Hate Is Wrong. If anyone want to go to it, it's called uh, uh, just go to hateiswrong.org. But we are creating this platform where players and athletes, professional um, gay athletes, can have this platform to feel proud of themselves. We do a, so with Hate is Wrong, we foster diversity with, with, the, with professional sports, primarily with the NFL, because I played in the NFL. And then also we do, we raise money for anti-bullying programs. We do this inclusion party every single year. This is our third annual inclusion party that's going to happen down in Fort Lauderdale, um, Florida, uh, at Revolution Live. And so what we tried to do, the one of the biggest reasons why I created that is to sort of combine the profession I was in and the people that I love, the LGBTQ community, right? So now, for the third year in a row, we have a presence at the Super Bowl, something that was dominated by the straights and all of that, all these parties and stuff that are out there that really didn't include us. We have something that we can be proud of. We have something that players and gay professional athletes can see and they can come to and they can enjoy and just be themselves, right? I have a lot of you know friends that work with the NFL that are lesbians and they go to the Super Bowl and they go to all these parties and they, they, they look at all these parties and they don't see themselves there. What they see, women being exploited and all of these other things, whereas... We have created a party where everyone can be happy and include and, and of inclusion and diversity. So I think it's you know it starts there. It starts like creating something like that. It starts with allies. It starts with education. It starts with you know uh, people just using the thing below their nose and above their chin, their mouth, right, to say something and to be proud and stand up and be who they want to be, right. And we're moving towards that. Believe me. You know, it's, it's encouraging now when I go speak at schools that our young generation, the LGBTQ generation, don't feel the need that they have to come out, which is amazing to me, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing that they don't have to, well, he didn't come, he's straight, he didn't come out, so why should I come out? I love that, right? That's amazing. <laughs> so, I um, mean, you know, that's a great thing. And then so uh, I heard somebody told me the, um, the, um, the PFLAG chapter in um, Minnesota was, was closing down and they asked me what I thought about it. I said, wow, that's great. And they looked at me like it was like, it's great. I said, don't you see it? It's, it's great because people are starting to realize that we all exist, right? That people are, so it's not that they're closing down and shunning it. They just feel, they're still going to meet. It's just feel the need that, you know, 
I, people, are, the world is changing. It's being a more inclusive and more diverse world, right? That's what we all fight for, right? That's what we, as the LGBTQ community, have been fighting for, right? Just to exist and just to make, just be a part of the world and stuff that is big enough for everyone. So it's it's a it's a great thing to see all this stuff and. You know, again, a third year in a row, we're doing this inclusion party, right? We have a bunch of supporters and it's been, it's awesome because I can't tell you how amazing for me to look at the future now. It's awesome. And then also at the inclusion party, which people I don't think realize is that um, the money that we raised at the inclusion party goes to an anti-bullying program where the city, where the Super Bowl is, in the city where the Super Bowl is. So the money that we raised there in, in, in Florida will stay in the state of Florida for anti-bullying programs, primarily with the LGBTQ community, with mm -hmm. the youth. So that's why I, I love it. Like, I absolutely love it. Yeah, and, and so it's, it's, it's a way for me to give back to the community. It's a way for me to give back to my, our people. It's the way for us to educate other people. And that's it, right? Knowledge is power, man. The more you can... What do... You know, go ahead. What do people... What should they if they go to the party for the first time? What should they expect when they arrive? What is it? What are you doing there? I mean, well, you know, I it's so we um so I have an I so I put together we I have a, together a, a great inclusion uh, per, uh, entertainment team right this year we have so what we do is we throw uh, we we throw a big we throw a party it's a party like any other Super Bowl party but it's affordable and everybody can afford to come to it. Right, we want to give the people of Florida or wh whoever comes to visit for for the Super Bowl an experience that they've never had before. Because a lot of people, because the prices of these Super Bowl uh, uh, parties are so high that a lot of people don't get to see go to them. Well, we're bringing that to the people, right? And so they can afford to come to a party. We throw on a show. Um, this year we have so many amazing entertainers. We have uh, Tracy Young. Who is uh, um, who is a, a DJ for Madonna? She's up for a Grammys this year, so good luck, Tracy. You know more part to you. She's spinning. We have uh, DJ Alex Ramis that's going to be spinning at the um, at the party. We have Lady Bunny is coming to perform and also spin uh, uh, DJ at the party. We have Miss America, right? Miss America is going to come uh, 2020. Camille, she's coming to uh, to perform and do her act. Um, we have uh, Amara La Negra, who is the love and hip hop uh, Miami. She's coming to perform. Uh, we have Fantine. She's coming from Australia to come and perform. And also myself, you know, so we're going to give them a show. There's going to be a show from 9 to 1030. And then we're just DJing out and having a fun time. And let me tell you, it is, it is it's, just, it's a great time. It's a great time to have every walks of life come to this party, just have fun and just enjoy life. So. How this? You said this is your third year. How has yeah. it grown from the beginning? Oh, it's been it's it's grown a lot from the beginning. Obviously, it's always like you know things that you start up. There's you know learning curves and mistakes that you do, and you know, and then every single year you learn more and more and what's you know and what to expect. And um, you know, the LGBTQ community has been a huge support for us uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Florida. All the they've been uh, people have been reaching out, so it's been amazing. So. You know, um, you know, it's been it's been great. It's been great. Just, you know, and so we're, we're excited about this year. It's on January 29th. 
down at uh, Revolution Live. People can jump on the website, hatingswrong.org, or they can go to Ticketmaster and purchase their ticket. Oh, and I got to tell you this. We are also having a raffle. So we're raffling off some amazing things. Two pair, a pair of Super Bowl tickets. No other party in the Super Bowl would, does that. We are raffling off Aaron Rodgers jersey, Tom Brady jersey, um, and all football, all these paraphernalias. We have uh, the, the taste of the NFL have given us some tickets. Also, with the, the Taste of the NFL package, me, Chef Tua Ola, will, uh, will come to your house and, uh, and cook for them for 10 people. So we have a lot of great things that, you know, we're just trying to bring this an amazing experience that's affordable and fun for everyone. And our entertainers all, all mix. We have straight entertainers. We have gay entertainers. So it's, it's going to be a fun time. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to have all the notes in the show notes for links yeah. to the your nonprofit and the inclusion yeah. party and all that stuff and where to get tickets. Yeah. And if people want to jump on and, you know, and support the cause and know they can also go donate on hate is wrong dot com. It's a, oh, you know, awesome. we've been, we've been have we've, there's, a, we've been getting a lot of great support, you know, and again, I created this so we can have a presence at the Super Bowl, Right. And I created this so we can create, have a platform for a lot of these athletes that are in the closet that also these former athletes and stuff that we can have a platform to feel proud of who we are, right? I created this for the younger generation so they can see that they can do it, right? I created this for my, our people. It's, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm so proud of this. And, um, and I hope everybody come and support. So, How do you have all the time? You're a singer, a chef, right? you have a nonprofit, you're a father of two. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> You pray, and then <laughs> you take one, you take it, you take it day by day. <laughs> you take it day by day. You know, um, I'm excited because I'm here in Virginia. A, a good friend of mine is Rob Rivera. We did my first album in Minnesota back in 1994, and uh, we are. Uh, he wrote a, a beautiful single called "Because Love," and I'm in here recording this. So, you know, to answer your question. When you are passionate about something and love what you do, you will find the time. You know, obviously, you know, I do a lot of charity work for like firefighters for healing. You know, my dinners went for like 17 grand to where I go and cook for people. You just find the time, right? Uh, You can't help everyone. But then, you know, you just do what you can do and, and be happy with that, you know, so. That's cool. Well, I'm excited for this party. Yeah, I am. You know, I'm. It's going to be so much fun. We, you know, tap, jump on the website hateiswrong.org uh, and and look at all the entertainers that we have, and 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 you can learn about what Hate Is Wrong is all about. You know, we're growing, and that's going to be an amazing thing. And we're raising money for two great organizations, uh, Football Unite. They do a lot of great community work uh, in the uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami area, also with the LGBTQ uh, uh, community. And also we are raising money for um, NVEEE. It's the National Voices of Equality, Education and Enlightenment. They are amazing organizations. And we, you know, we love what we do. And, um, and we are so proud and honored to be partnering with them. Nice. Hey, I want to let you go because I've taken up a lot of your time already. But I always end my podcast with this question. Yeah. If you can go back in time and tell your 12 or 13 year old self, someone who's struggling with their own sexuality, something to help them to get through, what would that one thing be? 
wow that's so hard you know if i could go back or right now and go back right yeah or or just something you want to tell a 12 or 13 year old kid now who's struggling i'm sorry you're just you're getting me to cry now oh i'm sorry why did you give me that question (laughs) that's why i wait till the end yeah right yeah that's awesome that's an awesome question you know um uh wow what would i tell them that they're beautiful um that they're loved and um and everything's going to be okay nice thank you so much you are i'm going to get you when i see you see (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh all right thank you so much for this and uh i appreciate you and i appreciate what you guys at outsports do so cool thank you you have a good one thank you Esra, so much for coming on the podcast um it was a shorter episode than normal, but we tackled a lot. And I hope if you're in Miami, you're able to take advantage and attend the inclusion party. Um, maybe get a chance to win tickets to the Super Bowl. And just I hope you have a great week. And I'll be back next week with an all-new episode.